Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 282. On Now You Know. We are brought to you by our amazing Patreon patrons. Help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. There's really cool perk levels that you can check out. Um, we try and make it as fun as possible. So check out our Patreon, you won't regret it. Our friends over at Climate Exchange are running their sixth annual Tesla raffle. And this is arguably the best raffle yet because... If you win this year, you can choose a Model S Plaid or a Model X Plaid. Yeah, I mean, technically you could choose any Tesla of your choice. A Model S, a Model X, Model 3, Model Y. But this year you could choose to win a Model S or X Plaid. And I mean, why wouldn't you go Plaid? And of course, Climate Exchange will also pay all the taxes. So that means the grand prize could be worth over $227,000, depending on what you choose. There are only 5,000 tickets, so your chances of winning are far better than the lottery, and you're supporting a fantastic cause. Yeah, our friends at Climate Exchange are the best. I mean, Climate Exchange is a 501c3 nonprofit with the mission to achieve a durable, just transition away from polluting fossil fuels in the U.S. by advancing climate policy at the state level. Look, the fossil fuel industry has lobbyists, right? And the folks at Climate Exchange are on our team in the halls of government around the country. Doing all this important work, though, costs money. And this Tesla raffle goes a long way every year to funding Climate Exchange's important operations. So head over to Climate Exchange now, buy a raffle ticket, and on February 25th, you may hear your name called as they announce the grand prize winner. Don't forget, there are also cash prizes for the second, third, fourth, and fifth winners, too. And I just want to say, Climate Exchange is the kind of charity that I support regardless of the raffle. The work they do is so important because we talk all the time on this show about getting out there, talking to your representatives in government, making a difference, advocating for change. Well, this is exactly what Climate Exchange does every day. So enter Climate Exchange's sixth annual raffle by using the link below, and you could be joining these past lucky winners in driving away in a shiny new Tesla all while supporting a great organization. And we're brought to you by BigBattery.com. No matter what you need to power, Big Battery can provide you with the latest battery tech at the best price per kilowatt hour guaranteed. Their batteries are easily installed, require zero maintenance, and they're made right here in the U.S. Pick up yours today at BigBattery.com and use the code now you know for 5% off at checkout. All right, before we start the show, just a friendly reminder that Valentine's Day is just around the corner. And... Jesse has been hard at work making something for you. No, it's not that. It's even better. Head over to our Now You Know Clips channel where we have a video explaining exactly what it is and how you can get it. Now, come on. We should tell them what it is. Well, I, I can't tell them what it is. I mean, it's a. it could be a surprise for maybe someone else oh, in the room. Oh, right, so. right. All right. We can say that our good friends Peter and Will Anderson, two of the most talented musicians on the planet, helped make this possible. So we urge you to check out their YouTube channel. They're going to be playing two shows at Symphony Space in New York City on April 2nd. Uh, the Andersons play Gershwin featuring Vince Giordano. If you're in New York, you do not want to miss seeing them play live. It's a real treat. Believe me, their links are down below. So, yeah. Head over to the Clips channel, you know, just search for Valentine's Day. Uh, I think we got you covered. So we covered the Tesla Q4 2021 earnings call on our in-depth last week, but there's been a lot of reactions to the earnings call. In fact, including uh, a reaction to the stock price. 
Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it never does. After the earnings calls, either the stock just shoots up when we knew it was going to happen, mm-hmm. or the stock shoots down when everything was great. It's just such a weird thing that happens. Right. I mean, we have a record quarter, amazing growth. They're saying they're going to be growing a heck of a lot more. I mean, I can understand that people are like sad that they're not going to get their <laughs> Cybertruck for an extra year, but that doesn't devalue Tesla as a company. No. It was weird, though, that we were all expecting Elon to be on the call to talk about Cybertruck, and he was on the call, but he didn't talk about Cybertruck. Cybertruck. Well, I mean, he announced that basically they weren't going to be delivering it this year. I know, but he said there's going to be an update about Cybertruck. I thought he meant features, not you're not getting it. Yeah, he just gave us kind of a vague timeline. So that isn't really much of an update. He's given more like updates on Twitter where he's like, it'll have rear wheel steering. And we're like, wow, Wow, that's that's an update. And then on this earnings call, we didn't get any of that. He did announce that Tesla is not going to be working on the $25,000 Model 2. We kind of think ever for people who are hanging on to this idea that you're going to get a $25,000 car. I think it really depends on when full self-driving comes out, because when full self-driving comes out, there's no need to make a $25,000 car. Anything that they produce, even if it costs $100,000, is still going to make them money, even if they don't sell it, even if they just put it on a network. So $25,000 car, I don't know if we're ever going to see it. But it looks like we are going to see Optimus faster than we might have thought because they're prioritizing Optimus, which, of course, is their Tesla bot. And I think that for those of you who are like, well, why are they focusing on stupid robots when I want my Cybertruck? I think (laughs) um, that the robots are going to help make the Cybertruck. And then this little tidbit, which was in the Tesla deck, uh, after final certification of Austin made Model Y, we plan to start deliveries to customers. No indication of how long it takes to get final certification. I don't know if that's like a two month process or a six month process, but I guess that's a really good sign. Yeah, I mean, it means that they're already making Model Ys out of Giga Texas and no one's able to like receive them yet. Um, They still have to be certified because, you know, this is a brand new factory and we think that this is going to be structural 4680 battery packs, which means that they're fairly different than your typical Model Y. But this is very exciting for anyone who living in America who wanted a Model Y. So then there was also this picture of Tesla semi trucks in the deck as well. A lot of people are saying like, oh, it's a it's a secret fleet of, of semis. I mean, it's obvious that this was taken at Giga Nevada where they make them. And I wouldn't call this a fleet. I mean, it's four trucks and we know that they have four trucks that they've been testing. So I don't know why this is anything new. They just lined them all up and took a cool shot. But you did point out something interesting, which is uh, I don't remember whether the truck always had suicide doors or not. Yeah, I can't really remember back at the unveiling. I remember that the door handles were Model 3 door handles at the unveiling. <laughs> and these look like they're... Uh, a different new updated ones. So it's a good sign for anyone waiting for their semi truck like us because it means that they're testing them. And and I think that for a semi truck, it is very important that we see Tesla testing them uh, at least for a while. As Elon said in the earnings call, they're not going to be working on pretty much anything besides Model 3 and Y and the ramp up of their two gigantic gigafactories pretty much the entire year. I want to talk more about uh, the Tesla earnings call and the Tesla stock price, but I think we should do it over on the Investor Club bonus stories Mm -hmm. uh, with our Investor Club because that's Investor Club kind of stuff. And we don't want to bore you with it here. So Tesla has released a Chinese New Year software update in China. That update includes a karaoke app that works with Leishi KTV. I don't get it. You sing along like with the karaoke. I have karaoke in my car. Well, the difference is that Tesla is now selling this, the Tesla mic to go along with it. Remember uh, last week we reported that Tesla trademarked all sorts of audio equipment. Right. And I was like, headphones. 
to put Beats out of business. It looks like that could be true, but uh, the Tesla microphone or the Tesla mic is one of them. This is selling on Tesla's Chinese merch store for 1,199 Chinese yuan or about $188. According to Tesla's description, the Tesla mic pairs automatically with the system and it comes equipped with a few sound modes to help out the singers. So I don't know if it's like auto-tune or right. just reverb. And I mean, they came out with this cool... Vi- Wait, did you see what? that? See what? You see, they changed the color of their car. Wait, go back, go back, go back. What? Wait, how do I? You can do that? How do I do that? Wait, so that's only in the Chinese update. They need to bring this everywhere. That's really cool. Because, I mean, a lot of people have wraps and stuff, right? And you want to be able to change from the original color you got to the wrap color. Let's talk about the Tesla mic for a second. Mm -hmm. I think this is pretty freaking smart. Oh, yeah. This is excellent branding. Now, for people who are like, I don't do karaoke. Okay, that's fine. It's not as popular here as it is in China. Now, my question, though, is do you need the microphones? Because Oh, yeah. I can do karaoke in my car and I just sing. I'm used to singing in my car. I think most people are used to singing in their car. But no one can hear you over the loud volume that you play. If you want to be heard through your sound system, which sounds so cool. Like it's so cool as a singer to be holding a microphone to hear yourself with the rest of the music. I can sing pretty loud. But you know what? And try this people at home. You've actually gotten used to hearing yourself through your bones in your head. You don't actually hear yourself that much through the That's outside true. world. If you record yourself, a lot of people are like, "That's me." Right. So, I think when people hear themselves through the sound system, they're like, "This is awesome." And if you think this show is awesome, hit the like button. So, Tesla over the air update 2022.4 is now rolling out and in the release notes, Tesla writes Autopilot will now use more regenerative braking at lower speeds for higher efficiency and improved driving experience, especially in stop-and-go traffic. Increased use of regenerative braking results in less brake pedal noise and smoother stops. I'm confused. Autopilot already uses regen braking, though. Yes, but now it's new and improved. Now with more regen. So Tesla obviously has a team that's like continually tweaking this. Yeah, and this is the nice part about Tesla. This is like a pretty mundane update. You might be saying, Zach and Jesse, what's the big deal about this? I just think it's, uh, I just want to reiterate how awesome it is that we have over the air updates and we've had them for so long. I want to compare this to the Chevy Bolt for a minute. I mean, Chevy did not have over the air updates. I don't think they still have over the air updates. for. No, I think you have to bring it into a dealer. And what that means is If there's a software change that they need to make, like, you know, reducing the range by 20%, they're going to have to basically tell their customers, hey, you should bring in your car so we can nerf that range. Right. And I mean, that means also think about it. That means Chevy dealers. So GM dealers need to make room for all of these bolts to come back into their service bays and get the update, which has a cost. And I assume they then charge that to GM. Right. This is an unprovable statement that I'm about to say and one that I don't think is necessarily true. But what if Tesla saved even a single car fire because of an over-the-air update, because they're able to monitor their fleet the way that they can and issue out updates that not only are very easy for the consumer to do, but also people want to do it because of, you know, improvements to autopilot or as we were talking about in China, uh, a karaoke mode. Yeah. Every time there's a software update, you're going, oh boy, what could it be? Maybe it's quietly nerfing your range. Who knows? But Tesla can do it whenever they want because people are used to it. 
they're very happy to be getting. That's a really good point because Tesla has mixed utility and fun. So even if some of the updates are just total utility, you're still looking forward to an update because occasionally it will include, you know, something fun like a game. Right. And in this case, they're going to be making their cars more efficient while on autopilot, which is really cool. It's also going to be saving you money on brake pads. Yeah. There's a lot of really great stuff that goes into over the air updates. It's one of the most overlooked things about Tesla. And I think that even though uh, some auto manufacturers have over-the-air updates, it's not the same thing if the updates aren't as looked forward to. You know what's one of the most undersold things about Teslas is brake pads and, and brake rotors. Like, it's something I constantly had to have done, and you did too, for your ICE cars. You're just constantly like, ah, oh, brake pads again. Whereas with my Teslas, I can't remember the last time I changed them. You know, I don't think I ever changed my brake pads on my mm. cars. <laughs> whoa, 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 stopped it. I remember you changed your rotors, though. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's built in uh, ABS, so not gonna not gonna complain about a warped rotor. All right, so Elon tweeted out: Given how hard, insanely FSD is, I think it may take five years or more before any company besides Tesla solves it. Steve Mark Ryan said: At some point, most will realize Tesla's lead is unassailable and just license FSD. In my opinion, after all, when Tesla has data showing FSD is two times, five times, ten times safer than human, and second place isn't even at human level, is licensing FSD really a choice or an obligation? Elon says Tesla will support FSD licensing by other manufacturers. All right. So first of all, I think Elon is actually way off in terms of other companies solving FSD. I think he thinks in terms of Tesla where his timeframes are ultra fast. And I don't think other companies are going to get to this in five years. But I do want to walk through this scenario that he's kind of placing here. Let's just imagine, right, five or 10 years or whenever, when Ford or GM calls up Elon and says, uh, can we license FSD? Because we haven't really been working on it the way you guys have. And uh, so we can't do it. Elon's saying they're going to license it to them. But for how much? I feel like there's going to be sticker shock. I feel like he's going to go, sure, $100,000 a car. I don't think that we're even going to get to this point. Okay, because there's there's a couple of things here. First of all, Big Auto is not set up to call Elon Musk. What Elon wants, right, is he wants a call from Mary Barra and he wants to answer the phone. Hello? Oh, hi, Mary. How you doing? Oh, good. Um, Elon, I have a quick question. Uh-huh. Um, not, not a biggie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just wondering if we could license FSD for maybe like uh, $3,000 a car. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be more like fifty dollars or $100,000. But yeah, I'll, I'll have my people talk to your people. Click. Um, first of all, that's just never going to happen because Big Auto is not made up of people who are going to call Elon Musk. That's just right. their, their corporate structure is not made that way. You know what I'm saying? No, you're right. Um, and, and most, t- most companies, when they're going to talk to each other, it's, you know, your low level uh, something, something manager is going to talk to their low right. level something manager. We'll set up an appointment and then like it just goes up the chain. And I would argue that Tesla isn't really even set up for this. No. Because let's talk about the supercharger network, right? Um, Elon said for a very long time, hey, you want to use the supercharger network? Just talk to us. You can license it. Uh, you pay us some money. That right. hasn't happened. Why? Is it because they're calling him up and it, hey, Elon, uh, how about the supercharger network and he's going like it's too much you think you can afford it dumbass no that's not what's happening it's that they're not calling him right because they don't they don't call Elon like that's not how yeah it's not in their corporate culture now one caveat to that was I think Herbert Deese actually 
did call Elon. Good point. No, so, I think that when when there is a relationship there, that's very important. But yeah, Elon doesn't have a relationship with any of the Detroit companies. And I mean, it might get desperate towards the end there when Tesla has full self-driving. And, oh, and, it will. And they're just like, well, why would I buy a car if I can drive around town in an autonomous taxi? You know, oh, I can catch up on sleep while I, I head to work. And it's going to be cheaper than me owning a car. That's going to be pretty hard for uh, any car company to sell cars in that market. I just want to plant the seed with everyone. I believe Tesla is going to have a monopoly on FSD, and I don't know how that's going to play out, but just be thinking about it. All right, so Tesla released this video showing two cars in a bubble. So what's going on? Some, some kind of bubble boy? Bubble boy grew up and he bought a car? Uh, no, so Tesla is trying to demonstrate something that is kind of hard to show. Uh, remember the HEPA filter in the Model X, the S, and the Y? Mm -hmm. So these engineers here are using red smoke to show how a regular car just lets all that smoke or whatever's in the air into the car, whereas, let's say, this Model Y doesn't. It's quite an amazing system. And it's not just valuable in like a global pandemic or, or a, you know, a bio defense weapon mode that you're going to need. It's also useful during wildfires. Yeah. And it's also useful just during regular pollution pollen season. Yep. Um, I can't tell you the number of times where it's, you know, my girlfriend who has terrible allergies. You know, we can go for a drive. We can't get out anywhere, but we can go for a drive. And my car's Model 3 doesn't even have the HEPA filter, right. but Tesla's filters are so good that they do block a lot of particulates and especially HEPA filters. They're just amazing Okay, machines. but here's my question. Why didn't Tesla play this before the earnings call? So, you know, you log in and there's this uh, video, but it's not a video, it's just an audio. Mm. They could have, while you're waiting for the call, been playing this video. There's a lot of financial media that watches the earnings call. Mm -hmm. A lot of the world watches it, right? And let's be honest, financial media reporters don't know this is the place to put those educational materials from Tesla so that every quarter they can be learning something new about the company that they just didn't understand before. Yeah, I do think that this is a, a small missed opportunity. Now, I mean, look, do I think that like every financial reporter is going to like, well, uh, you know, Tesla said that, you know, the Cybertruck is being delayed, but I want to talk about the, the, the cool HEPA filter. I didn't know anything about that. I think that there's maybe one in a hundred financial analysts or, or just article writers who are going to go like, hmm, what do we cover about this this report? And they go, well, that was something we can talk about. Let me write up a quick little article. OK, about but that. let's just go back in time a little bit. A few Tesla earnings reports ago, mm -hmm. uh, Tesla would maybe put like one picture in the report. And then Galley over on Hyperchange mm -hmm. said like, we love the photos. So what did Tesla begin doing? They began putting in more cool, glossy photos of what's happening at all the different factories around the world, which is awesome now go to the next level of that these videos mm -hmm. uh play these because now you're seeing something that's hard to capture in a photo you can't just put a photo of you know red smoke in a car you need to see you know the process mm -hmm. and i think this is hugely beneficial yeah i think that for anyone who hasn't seen anything to do with tesla which are most people in the world uh, Tesla does need a little bit of a marketing campaign. I'm not saying that they need to pay money to advertise, um, but a very small budget, just to, like like they did here, right. filming something that's pretty cool. Well, it's just something that most people don't think about is going to be in a car. Mm -hmm. I mean, no other car that I know of has a HEPA filter. And you saw that other luxury car. Right? Full of Just smoke. Letting the smoke right in. It was such a smart way to do it. So we've been talking about how disappointed we are with the design of the VW ID Buzz. Remember, it's like their micro bus. Mm -hmm. uh, well, now we have a sneak peek photos of the inside. And I'm still pretty disappointed. Yeah. I mean, let's take a look here. Let's start in the back. So I'm guessing that uh, thing in the back, that's like a removable storage thing. So you could, 
I, I think it'd be cool for camping, right? You could p- put yeah, all your stuff. it looks like a removable table that you can take out, yeah. Is it a table or do you like put a bunch of stuff under there and then you could still sleep on top of all your stuff, but it'd mm. be nice and flat. So, okay, sure. But I mean, this is nothing like the concept we saw a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty boring. Where... I thought the seats were supposed to fold down and move all over the place or you could take them out. And right. It was supposed to be like a little a modular. House. Right, exactly. Um, well, let's look at the uh, middle row seat. I think I've seen that before. I think I've seen. I think, I think I've, I've seen, seen a, a seat, seat fold, fold before. Um, let's look at the front seats then. Okay. I mean, it looks. It looks good. It looks great. I'm not the gonna. The front console. I was talking about the seats. Oh, the the yeah. front console looks exactly like the ID4. Yeah. Uh, like exactly. Yeah. Uh, I didn't love the ID4 in terms of infotainment. No, it was pretty outdated and dull. I mean, and slow. Well, and also, wasn't it supposed to look like this? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It, and uh, look, here's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping that this is all an elaborate ruse. I think what they did was they took, you know, just a cargo van, a Mm -hmm. VW cargo van, and they just tricked it out to make it look. They're just trying to lower our expectations. So that way, when they roll out with the original concept, we're going to go. That's what we were looking for. I because why would you ruin a design like this? Why would you put a line? across the front of the car to make it look like a freaking golf when it's a bus. I think you're underestimating Big Auto. They have their designers in a building somewhere far, far away from mm-hmm. everyone else. They design something cool. They give that to the pencil pusher bean counters who go like, that's too expensive, too expensive, too expensive. Here you go. And uh, this is what you get. And it must be demoralizing for those designers because they did a great job on the concept. Right. Um, I would have been lined up to buy that thing. But right. this... Really? Uh, no. I mean, maybe it's going to look better than a Ford Transit van, but it isn't a Ford Transit van. It's a minivan. Let's be frank. So Rivian appears to be back up and running after pausing production during the first week of January, according to sources talking to Bloomberg. Yeah, Rivian is making about 200 vehicles per week after making their first 1,000 in 2021. So how fast were they producing before this pause? Uh, About 50 a week. Okay, and now they're up to 200? Yeah, so they've 4X'd it. I mean, that's not bad, I guess. Uh, This is at Rivian's normal Illinois factory. They say they'll be able to produce 150,000 per year by 2023, Mm -hmm. according to Rivian. And as we reported, Rivian will be opening a new plant in Georgia that should start producing vehicles in 2024. Seems a little optimistic, but we'll see. Now, Rivian's share price has been hammered Mm -hmm. since their IPO in November. Uh, The company is now worth about half what it was during their initial public offering. Yeah. I think that a lot of people got really excited about Rivian. They Mm -hmm. thought that this is going to be the next Tesla. But just because two things look the same (laughs) doesn't mean that they're the same thing. I mean, Tesla had such a bigger advantage than what where Rivian is now. Tesla didn't have another Tesla to compete with. Right. They didn't have anyone to compete with, basically. There were hardly well, any electric but cars. But let me be fair. If Rivian had delivered and just ramped up that production, they would have had the first massive uh, electric pickup truck on the market. Instead, now they have like, yes, they have an electric pickup truck, and I'll hand them that. But it's in such low numbers that it's almost non-existent. Well, that's that would be fine if this were... 2013. Exactly. 2014. 2015 even. 2016, I think. Literally any year. It would have been better. Look, if they had done it when they said they were going to do it in 2021, I think they'd be fine. It's just that they pushed it off into 2022. 
I think that even 2021 was a little late when you're competing with Tesla. I mean, Tesla was making small number of Model S's back in the day, and it was like, yeah, who cares? But Tesla didn't have any other electric competition. And I think that a lot of people went to Tesla, bought a Model S because they cared about the environment. In fact, I know because I've met lots of you wonderful people who were like, yeah, screw this. I'm going to sell my vastly cheaper gas car. I'm going to save up a ton of money and I'm going to put down all that money on a Model S because there is no other option for me. Right. That's what I did with the Model X. And Rivian has some competition. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the 2023 Range Rover P440e. So, okay. (laughs) Do we have to talk about this? I mean, this is just a bougie plug-in hybrid with 48 miles of electric range, which is fine, um, and a starting price of $105,000. Well, you just went through most of the talking points regardless. And yes, I agree. We don't normally talk about PHEVs, but Range Rover did say... A pure electric Range Rover. The first all-electric Range Rover vehicle will join the lineup in 2024. I mean, it's got 50 kilowatts of DC fast charging, which I guess is good for a plug-in hybrid, but yuck. I I can't believe I'm talking about a plug-in hybrid. But here's the thing. I think if it weren't for Rivian's R1S, which should be coming out later this year. I mean, they just emailed me and told me we're getting ours in October. I don't think Range Rover would even have done this P440e, let alone announced that every Land Rover vehicle set to be available with pure electric propulsion by the end of the decade. And I think that this is Rivian's true competition. And I agree. I think that Rivian is actually pretty well set up for... This And I know that that's a complete departure of about what I was talking about before, but I don't think that Rivian's market is truly the pickup truck market. This is not the this is a a more discerning audience. Mm. It's not your typical Ford F-150. I'm not going to put a dirty (laughs) plant in my car. Yes, it looks like a Range Rover. Because I think they were going after Range Rover. And I really want to applaud Rivian for that because Range Rovers are some of the most polluting cars on the road today. No, it's a really good point. I mean, more than 2 million people have gone to Range Rover's website and configured this new P440e. Now, I know that doesn't equal the number of people who will buy it, but it shows the interest that people have in it. So you're right. I think that Rivian can easily take over this Range Rover market. But don't forget that a lot of this market also lives in the UK. It's true, which means that for the moment, Rivian can't access it. I mean, I remember when we were in London, you either saw a tiny little car or you saw a Range Rover. Yeah. Like there was no in between. There were no pickup trucks. There were no other SUVs. It was discoveries all the way down the left hand side of the street. You know what I'm saying? And I do think that Rivian could get into that market. It's just important. I don't want to be super negative on Rivian. I'm really happy that they're increasing their production numbers with Cybertruck delayed. It does change the narrative a bit. It means that for people waiting for a Cybertruck and we're willing to put a lot of money down on, say, a quad motor, maybe you'd consider a Rivian. I don't know. So remember when Tesla was just a teensy weensy little automaker? Yes, I do. Other automakers were like, oh, aren't you a cute little company? Now run along and go make your few dozen cars per week while we do some serious car making. Well, Bloomberg has been tracking auto production in North America, and it looks like Tesla ain't so little anymore. So let's take a look at number two, uh, Toyota's Georgetown, Kentucky plant. It is nine million square feet, yet it makes less cars per week 
than Fremont. Yeah, I mean, Fremont's plant is only 5 million square feet, and yet, you're right, it produces more cars. And keep in mind that Giga Texas is almost 8 million square feet, so wait till that gets up and running. Yeah, Tesla is at a current run rate of 1.2 million cars per year, and that is without Texas and Berlin up and running so far. Yeah. So... I do just want to look at this graph. That I mean, just, and just follow, keep just keep looking at the follow graph. Follow those lines from those yes. other auto manufacturers. They're going down. And you might be saying, "Well, Zach and Jesse, but why should I be impressed? It's just because of the pandemic. It's just because of supply shortages. It's just because of chip shortages that all these other plants are making less cars than Tesla." Okay, I say. Still, the Fremont factory would be up towards the top of all other U.S. car plants in terms of cars produced. And on top of that, you throw in global supply chain shortages, chip shortages and stuff like that. It shows that Tesla has a little bit more innovation than some of these other brands where they're just like, well, we don't have any chips. Go home, everybody. And if you've got like one of those uncles that keeps sending you these fuddy articles about Tesla, head on over to our Now You Know Clips channel where we chopped up that story to a bite-sized shareable link so that you can share it with them. Also the Valentine's Day thing. So did you hear, Jesse? The Endurance all-electric pickup truck is coming out this year. Wait, I I thought that Lordstown had fallen on like hard times. I mean, remember Steve Burns, the CEO, he was like fired and so was their CFO. Still, I heard from the new chairman that it's coming out this year. Wow. So an all-American, all-electric pickup truck coming out this year. Now that is exciting. Um, I don't know if I'd call it all-American. What? You know what? Let's discuss this further on Investor Bonus Stories this week. Okay. All right. It's time for what everyone wants. A, a Cybertruck cyber truck walk around. around. Yeah. So we got a lot of pictures and some video. Yeah. By of, the way, we're sponsored by Cybertruck Owners Club. There, you, you know, this video was up a week ago. You can go check out all of this stuff over there because they're the place to go for the latest on Cybertruck news. So this video, it gives us a look at what appears to be a new prototype of the Cybertruck. Um, yeah. There's a couple changes, obviously. I can't spot what can you point them out? Because I can't okay. spot they're so minor. So first of all, there's the windshield wiper. Um, okay, yeah, the we've, big windshield wiper. We've seen that from a drone footage. We've seen that from, you know, five hundred feet before, but okay. now we get to see it up close. It looks a little big to me. Um <laughs> yeah, especially can I just point out in New England, where we got things called ice, I don't think that you can take something this long and power it that far. I mean the torque you would need to to make it go across a snowy windshield, I just don't I don't see it happening. I can see it working for rain. But, but yeah, for it. snow, like like this morning, I was like, um, well, am I going to really clear off, you know, the, the eight inches of snow that was on my car? <laughs> no, I'm going to let the wipers handle it. Um, and sometimes they don't go. Sometimes, right. <laughs> All right, I'll get the brush. That's, you know. Right. I just want to be realistic. And this is a truck. Right. So let's let's face that. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to keep it. It is a prototype. And they didn't like um, say this was the um, final design. Um. Yeah. Well. There's no more charge port. Uh, Remember, no, it used no, no. to be on the side right. there. It's gone. What is this going to be they've, like induction charge? They changed it to being in the fender. Where? Well, on the fender, not in the fender. It's on the fender. See on the. Oh, okay. So, and we actually got a picture. I don't know. Like, we're getting all these amazing pictures of the Cybertruck. I don't know if they just were like, yeah, go ahead, take pictures down. <laughs> Here it is, supercharging. So you can see it plugged into that rear fender there. Oh. I mean, I'm imagining people are going to be scrambling up these uh, fenders. Yeah, I'm a little worried about that, actually, because, I mean, with the truck, you know, you jump out of the bed and you stand on the fender. And I'm just worried that you're going to break off that piece of plastic, that flap there. You never maybe that's also made out of stainless steel. You never know. It's not. It's black (laughs) plastic. Um, Yeah, we saw a couple of other things like there's a different uh, liner in the bed. Yeah, that's not like stainless steel anymore. It's 
It's look. It's looking. Is that a money saver? Coating. I don't know. Is I, it like, stainless steel underneath? It better like, be. Look, I, but we, everyone's getting all bent out of shape. I am getting bent out of shape. Out I want to know stuff. things. This is still a prototype. Um, I don't think this is the final truck. We're still a year away from production. Um, so maybe they can fix the front windshield wiper. Maybe that it's not. A I'm problem. just a bit salty that Elon didn't talk about this in the earnings update. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. You know what? There's more I want to talk about with Cybertruck. Uh, let's do that in Patreon bonus stories. Yes, because the show's running long. So you. And Ethan just reviewed the Unagi e-scooter on our Now Let's Review channel, and you were surprised by the price. Yeah, this is one of the best looking e-scooters we've seen. It even has a carbon fiber stem, and I was surprised by the price. Why? I mean, how much does it cost? Well, you'll have to head over to the Now Let's Review channel to check it out. But I do want to say, if you're looking for an e-scooter that you can proudly carry into your business meeting, the Unagi might be that e-scooter for you. I'm super impressed with the design and build quality, too. I mean, it's not even obvious where the batteries are. I mean, I know they're in the deck there somewhere, but it's not like some of these e-scooters that we've seen that look just kind of like slapped together. This was obviously well designed. Yeah, I love working on Now Let's Review because I get to check out all the latest e-mobility devices. There are so many more fun ways to get around now. And speaking of e-mobility, get this. According to data from Leva, the Light Electric Vehicle Association, a trade group that I didn't even know existed, E-bikes outsold EVs in the U.S. in 2021. They outsold battery electric cars? Not only battery electric, but also plug-in hybrids as well. Bloomberg NEF reports that Americans bought 652,000 battery electric and plug-in electric cars in 2021. But Lever reports that Americans bought 790,000 electric bikes in 2021. That's a 70% increase from 2020, which was already a banner year for e-bikes. Now, I think that we should point out that our European and Asian viewers are probably yawning right now. Why? Because uh, they have been experiencing this for years. LEVA estimates that Europeans buy 3 million e-bikes every year. And guess how many are sold in Asia? 4 million? Um, I think it's a little higher. 5 million? 35 million. million. <laughs> what? Yeah. What about like regular old person power bikes. I mean, how are they doing? That's weird, right? That we have to refer to traditional bikes as regular or traditional bikes because e-bikes are getting so mainstream. Uh, but yes, traditional bike sales have grown by about 15% in the U.S. since the start of the pandemic. But e-bike sales have grown by 240%. E-bike sales are now bigger than traditional road bike sales in the U.S., which has generally been the biggest category in the $8.5 billion cycling equipment market. Wow. I mean, road bikes, yeah, that is like the number one category. And you're telling me that e-bikes now outsell them. There's a good reason for this. All forms of electric mobility are getting better, faster, longer ranges, and they're getting cheaper. This is exactly what we're seeing with the electric car market, but it's sped up much faster because we're dealing with much smaller devices. So if you had been looking into e-bikes, you know, back in, you know, 2008, when it was, I think it was the first time we had even heard about such a thing, you are going to be pleasantly surprised at basically every metric that you're looking at. That's why we do the Now Let's Review channel, because we like to cover all the latest and greatest tech. And honestly, from our very first review of like the Show Me scooter back in, what was that, 2016, 2017, mm -hmm. to now, we're seeing scooters that are cheaper, better, and faster. Yeah. So I definitely urge you to check out Electric Mobility if you haven't already. So Chevy Bolt owners, we need you. We are doing some research for an episode and we need your help. If you wouldn't mind going to a quick, easy to fill out Google form that we made, uh, the links will be in the show notes below. So we're going to be scheduling a virtual hangout with some of you to ask questions about your experience with your Bolt. Because, you know, we don't have a Bolt. 
and I don't feel great talking about the bolt and people's experiences with the bolt if I haven't experienced it. So that's what we need you for. You have that experience. Um, and so again, Chevy Bolt owners, if you wouldn't mind helping us out with our research, your thoughts are important. Please go to our Chevy Bolt owner questionnaire in the link below. Thank you. Wait, what are you doing? I'm just uh, counting the number of times you adjust your chair. Wh why? Um, just collecting important data. Important data? I mean, why is that important? Well, Tesla does it. What are you talking about? Well, uh, white hat hacker Green the Only found code in Tesla's latest release. He said, ha, they are also introducing seat abuse metrics, complete with disabling of seat moving for users with helpful messages like excessive use of seat track motor detected, seat track motor unavailable due to excessive use, and wait five minutes to adjust seat track position again. I don't, I don't fully understand. What? <laughs> uh, I'm guessing that uh, Tesla is trying to reduce the number of seats that malfunction because the motors burn out. Okay, so this makes sense. It, I think that people might get a little bent out of shape about this. I'm a little worried here because if that's more than a suggestion, if that means that like Tesla's going to lock you out from moving your seat for five minutes because you've abused it, I have a couple questions. First of all, what's excessive? I mean, I adjust my lumbar support sometimes or I adjust my seat and mm -hmm. like, uh, how, who's counting? Like how much? And also easy entry. Have you heard of it? Uh, it's a feature that Tesla offered and I use it a lot, which means that when you get into your car, the seat's in a position that's easy to get into. And then it goes like and moves you into the position you want to be in. And then when you're getting out of the car, it moves it into another position. Okay. That's a lot of motor turning. Uh, here's the thing. I think that it's a lot more adjustment than you've ever done. I think that it's for How, people so, who so are So someone going, who's just like Yeah. Who's doing that? Children. Children? Yeah. Okay, kids, go play in Children the car. Children don't drive Teslas. You liar! It's for anyone who's in the car who probably shouldn't be in the car, who's messing around with stuff, and you don't want them at... I don't think that you're going to get in the car and be like, oh, let me put my seat all the way forward. Oh, that's too close. Let me put it all the way back. Oh, that's too far away. I'm Goldilocks and I don't understand happy mediums. I don't know. Okay, maybe. So what I'm saying here is that it's not the amount of movement total over the life of your car that's going to damage your motors. What is? It's thermal. So I what? think that basically any electric motor, if you heat it up too much, um, is going to burn out. Okay. You're going to basically melt something in that motor. It's going to burn something in that motor that's going to prevent it from working. Oh, so you're saying moving it for 10 seconds isn't the problem. Moving it for three minutes straight is the problem. Yes. And that's what a child might do. It's going to thermally build up a lot of heat in that motor. And if you kept doing it, you could burn it out. So my guess is some engineers hmm. sat down at a lab bench or they, you know, and they had it or they had a car and they put a thermometer on the little motors and then they moved them around and saw when they started to overheat. And they said, ah, that would be bad if we let our users use the motor to failure point. So five minutes lets it cool down. I think that that's what they're going for. And I think that it's probably a lot more seat use than we're used to. Hmm. We'll see. So I, I think we can all kind of. So maybe not seat gate. I don't think it's seat gate. Yeah. I don't think that you're, which is going to be this apocalypse where it's like, I can't adjust my seat. I can't see. Help me. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Okay. Uh, unless you're, unless you really d just can't make up your mind. So did you hear Jesse? GM is going to invest $7 billion in EVs. Wow.
what's the money going towards? GM is investing $4 billion to convert their Orion plant to produce electric trucks using the GM-developed Ultium platform and $2.6 billion into the third LG-slash-GM Ultium 50-gigawatt-hour battery cell plant. Wow. $7 billion. That's great. Yeah, it'll be GM's biggest investment ever. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but that's over the next three years. It's still a lot of money. Um, is it though? Uh, let's let's just take a look at Tesla's latest financial sheet here, just because we just happened to be looking at it the other day. I'll go to capital expenditures line. Let me just add 2021 up here. Um, so you got 1.8. It is 6.48 billion dollars for Tesla, and that's just one year. Okay, okay, but GM is adding 4,000 jobs. Mm. Yeah, Tesla added about 5,000 jobs just in Austin alone this year. Okay, but GM is planning on making a million EVs per year by 2025. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Tesla made almost a million EVs last year. So who knows how many millions of EVs Tesla's going to be making per year uh, by 2025. I don't know. All this investment in electrification could mean that GM is going to catch Tesla. What makes you believe that crap? Well, just listen to Mary Barra. She's the CEO of GM. So you think you can catch Tesla by 2025, 2026? Clearly, that's what we're working from a North America perspective. And we're just going to keep going until we have a global leadership as well. <laughs> you led Mary. Look, this is good. I'm glad that they're putting the money in. It's a little late. Yeah. Um, this is when I when, you know, when it was a couple of years ago. And we were saying, like, Jim's going to be left behind in the dust. Everyone was going like, how dare you say such things? Jim will never be left behind. Jim is a leader. They lead. Th- this this is, is, no, this is good because I've heard a lot of Chevy owners who are now talking about electrification because they're like, oh, in three years, it's going to be all EVs. So now they're thinking, I got to look into EVs. Yeah. Something I was yeah. saying. You know, back in 2016, we were saying that that Chevy wasn't investing enough money in. Right. Uh, now they're investing kind of what Tesla did. They're investing a third right. of what Tesla did. If you look at it per yeah. year. I mean, what is Tesla going to be investing this year? Well, it shows you how little innovation GM has done. If this is their biggest investment in their biggest innovative investment <laughs> ever. And yet, and yet Tesla's, and Tesla was just like, like oh, uh, you mean like last year? Right. And we're, we're like what we did last and year. And we started up just a few years ago. Right. Yeah. Crazy. But hey, I don't just hate all non-Tesla EVs. I want to talk about this one. Yeah. Kia America just announced the pricing of their first electric-only model, the EV6. Now, the starting price for the EV6 light rear-wheel drive with the 58-kilowatt-hour battery, 168-kilowatt rear motor, 167 horsepower, 232 miles of range, price $40,900. That's before the tax incentive. Yeah, and you can go all the way up to the top of the line, the GT line dual motor all-wheel drive. It has 77 kilowatt hour battery, 430 kilowatts of power, so that's 576 horsepower, zero to 60 in less than 3.5 seconds, 310 miles of range for 55.9. And again, that's before incentives. Now, this model won't be available until later this year. And the charging speeds go from 50 kilowatts on the lowest models up to 350 kilowatts on the top end. Yeah, so I just want to stop you right there. I think I totally agree with you here. I think Kia has really figured out EVs and has hit the sweet spot on a lot of these. Um, 
let's talk price. So low end gets you a pretty decent range. Like 232 is a nice number to have. I mean, obviously we'd all like 400 miles or something, but 232 will get the job done. And starting at 41,000 before incentives, that's a great price point. I actually think this is a competitor with the Model Y. Or even the Model 3. Now, I have not driven it yet. So we don't know how it handles and all that stuff. So I'm not saying it is a competitor. I'm right. saying it could be. Tax credit is doing a lot of work when it comes to helping to compare it versus Tesla, but I think that they're putting out a very compelling spec'd vehicle. It's even in competition spec-wise with the Model 3 performance. Right. Now, will it have the same suspension? Because my biggest gripe actually with the with the uh ID4 was the suspension felt Loosey goosey goofy. Mm-hmm. It felt really funky compared to a Model 3, which is built like a freaking race car. I don't think that Kia necessarily needs to make a race car. I'm not saying anything other than that. But if you can't, if it's like, do I buy a race car for the same price or mm. do I buy the Kia 6? It might be great. It is interesting that Kia is using nickel, cobalt, magnesium battery because those have uh, very energy dense. And they're not just going with uh, low end LFP batteries. Mm-hmm. I mean, they understand they got to if they want to compete with Tesla, they have to have high energy density. I'm actually really excited about this Kia EV6. So, you know how we're always talking about electric school buses and how they're also actually big mobile batteries that can easily power the grid or buildings during a power outage. Yes. Love electric school buses. Well, check this out. The latest electric school bus from BYD. Samuel Kang, BYD's head of total technology solutions, says our type A bus bidirectional charging capability is a game changer. School buses can be charged overnight when energy demand is low and clean emission free energy can be fed back into classrooms during school hours when the bus is parked, keeping classrooms well lit and students and teachers plugged in. So this is a smaller bus than your typical bus. It has 150 kilowatts of DC charging, which is, I think, fantastic for a school bus. It has battery electric technology that can cut fuel costs by as much as 60% compared to diesel vehicles. And that's before maintenance. I'm just so excited about electric school buses. I think that this is a great offering for perhaps smaller schools or for uh, particular routes that are particularly damaging to human health. And you know what you should do if you're watching this? Share this information with your school committees, your school administrators, because a lot of them don't know about electric school buses yet. And until you inform them, they're going to make the same stupid decisions every year. And if you're wondering, like, what are all these reasons that Zach and Jesse have? Uh, Well, we put it all together in an in-depth. I highly urge you go check it out because there's a lot more reasons why you'd want to buy an electric school bus than just fuel savings. Can you keep a secret? Sure. Oh, is this the $25,000 Tesla Model 2? (laughs) No, this is Ola's electric latest electric vehicle. Ola? The Indian two-wheeled scooter company? They don't make cars. Right. Ola's CEO, Bavish Agrawal, has been hinting for months that Ola will be making their first four-wheeled electric vehicle, and he teased this image last week. But, I mean, didn't Ola make this big PR push about how they were going to make $2 million per year of their low-cost S1 Pro electric scooters, and then as soon as their factory started making them, they had production problems? Yeah, they're still only producing about 1,000 e-scooters a day, but they did just announce a $200 million funding round, putting their company at a $5 billion valuation. Ola also announced that they're opening a new UK facility in Coventry called the Ola Future Foundry that'll be staffed with about 200 designers and automotive engineers. This appears to be where they'll be designing this new car. I mean, I'm kind of excited about this car. It looks it looks good. But now, isn't the S1 Pro scooter coming to the US in 2022? Yeah, that's what Ola says. So, I mean, that'll be cool, too. I want to check that out on Nounce Review. I also want to check out the car. Yeah. And 
I mean, Ola is pretty well positioned uh, for the Indian market. Um, we've talked a lot about how Tesla wants to get into the Indian market and the Indian government is like, why don't you pay a bunch of tariffs first? And, right. and Tesla's like, yeah, no, thanks. Uh, we can sell our cars in China just fine. Yeah, no, this could be a really big move for Ola because I think this car could do really well in India. All right, it's time for Into the Future. We're sponsored by Henson Shaving. When they are making satellites or Mars rovers, the machines over at Henson Shaving are making equally high tolerance shavers. Yeah, you can get 100 free blades if you pick up a razor at HensonShaving.com and use the code now you know at checkout. So what do you do if you're going along in your electric ship and you run out of juice? You yell down to the hold and you say, bring me some more oranges. We're out of juice. Good one. Uh -huh. well, it's a scurvy joke. No, no, but seriously, what do you do? Uh, so you run out of electricity in the ship. Right. Uh, you. Uh, right. Uh, well, no, there's a better way to do that, okay. if you, especially if you have an electric ship. Uh, Maersk Supply Service, which is a subsidiary of the giant Danish shipping giant, is launching this, Stillstrom, which is going to be an offshore vessel charging station. Okay, so <laughs> uh, I think I, I think I spotted a problem. Uh, you can't have a big old battery just sitting in the water there. I didn't say anything about a battery. Well, then how are you charging this ship? Uh, well, kind of out of the scene right there you can kind of spot it are uh, wind turbines this is going to be near wind farms oh and you don't need to store the energy because the wind blows yes. pretty consistently on the ocean yeah so it's going to charge your ship okay my other question then how do you plug it in i don't know um <laughs> it looks like as the ship approaches this buoy the the buoy would maybe send out the cable and then you would hook it with uh, your you know your hook and pull it up onto the ship i'm sure they're good at hooking ropes and stuff when you're on a ship Maybe you pull up the whole buoy. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe there's another. Yeah, maybe it's a buoy that you pull up. I don't know. Or maybe you have to maybe draw it's a straws drone. <laughs> and you go. All right, you. <laughs> <laughs> Walk the plank. Go right. plug in the ship. How many volts is it, sir? <laughs> don't worry. They engineered it to be safe. Yeah, a lot of questions, but it does seem pretty cool because, yeah, we have all this electricity sitting out in the middle of oceans now. I mean, we always had this energy. It's just we, <laughs> we didn't harness it. Yes. <laughs> all right. It's time for Going Green, and we're sponsored by EcoWare. Don't forget that you can head on over to EcoWare for that Valentine's Day special. Yes. I can't say anything more. I'm going to just head over to EcoWare. All right. Let's talk about road construction. Road construction. That's not green. Well, it is now. Dutch civil engineering company Royal Bam just unveiled this. Ooh. It's a fully electric asphalt spreading road paver. So get this. The CO2 savings are going to be more than 93,000 kilograms and 115,000 grams of nitrous oxide emissions compared to a biodiesel version. Compared to a biodiesel version. Yeah, that's not even compared to a regular <laughs> diesel version. Um, so it must have a big battery. It doesn't have one. It has two big batteries. <laughs> so 270 kilowatt hour battery for doing the work and then a second 270 kilowatt hour battery to drive to like the next job. Now, didn't Royal Bam um, also make this? Yeah. In 2020, Royal Bam released the world's first all electric road grading machine. Wow. So, I mean, that's kind of fun. Yeah, it's more than fun. Yeah. It shows that you can do it. Just put some batteries and motors in a vehicle and uh, you get all electric 
emission-free work. Yeah. So when someone tells you, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's possible. What are you gonna do? Road? They gotta make roads. You just say, bam. <laughs> All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. And remember, you can send your stories in to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week for a story? Our buddy Jared has his thoughts on Tesla Energy. Hi, Zach and Jesse. My name is Jared. I'm a huge fan of you guys' of the show. I've been watching for a long time now. I want to do a video contributor story for you guys. I've got two big things I want to talk about. The first one, more personal to me. Uh, I am currently here in Brownsville, Texas, because I have an interview at Starbase tomorrow. I am so pumped, so wish me luck. Uh, it's been a dream of mine to work in the industry since I was eight years old, and I could not have asked for it to happen on my birthday, but that's just the way it worked out, so that's really cool. But the real thing I want to talk about is Ener uh, Tesla's energy mission, its rene uh, renewable energy mission. This book is called Lights Out by Ted Koppel. I just finished reading it. Ted Koppel was named one of the top 100 journalists by New York University back in 2012 over the last 100 years one of the top 100 journalists over the last 100 years and it shows through his work in this he really earns that title he does a great job he talks about how susceptible the u.s electrical grid is to a cyber attack very susceptible and how unprepared state and local and federal government is to deal with it at all small scale they can handle it a little bit but on a large scale like what is drawn out in this book they can't handle it and they don't have a plan they don't want to have a plan, it sounds like. Um, so it's so important for Tesla to be able to really push this energy, renewable energy initiative, because it will save lots of lives. When we get these large scale uh, solar battery storage combinations, when we have virtual power plants and vehicle to grid technology and every home has got solar panels on the roof and a, and a battery on their wall, we won't have to suffer the way that it is drawn out in this book. Uh, it's so, so important. So if you, if any of the listeners out there want to have a good perspective or even just want to have a good read on something that's informational, check this book out, Lights Out by Ted Koppel. Uh, you won't regret it. It was a good read. So now you know. SpaceX interview for your birthday? Wow, we've got our fingers crossed for you, Jared. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. Uh, we've got two Investor Club bonus stories this week. Mm -hmm. And we also have lots of other great stories on our Patreon bonus stories. We have Musk offers $5,000 for something to stop. Ford Mach-E's escape car. Uh, Joe Rogan loves the Cybertruck. And Cybertruck conspiracy theories. And more. Head over to patreon.com slash now you know. Support us for just a buck a month. You'll get access to all the Patreon bonus stories. If you want those uh, Investor Club bonus stories, you got to pay that investor money. We'll see you there. Woo! Covered a lot of territory on yeah. the Patreon bonus Woo, stories. Yeah. We are back. It's time for our Patreon shout outs. Who do we got? Got Brian Cullen, Robert W. Spaulding, Daniel Goldman, Donald Gordon, Gino Chu, Michael Richards, Anthony T. Christianacho, David, Jeremy Cowan, Nick Myers, David Boyd, Christopher Luther, Andrew Christie, Ryan C., Ulf Gustafsson, Kenneth Stewart, Stephen Sawada, Hal Barber, Antoine Bailey, Daniel Jancy, CEO of Henson. CEO of Henson. Uh, okay. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, George Crone. Amazing Luke 01. Bert R. Green. And the Beat San Francisco Show. Thank you so much. All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week. Sam Cora says the electric vehicle share gain continues. Ooh, look at that. Elon says, I sense a trend. Gail Alfar says Elon Musk deserves our full support. Elon's companies exist because he cares enough to make our lives better and safeguard consciousness. Elon says, I have trouble understanding any other motivations, to be honest. Wonder of Science says the mating dance of the male peacock spider. 
And Elon posted the video of uh, Do You Think I'm Sexy by Rod Stewart. Homar said, dethrone Tesla. If they can sell 27 EVs, that'll be an improvement from last quarter's 26. And he's talking, of course, about GM. Elon says they appear to have some room for improvement. Galley said, sometimes it feels like Elon doesn't get to appreciate how thankful the community is and how proud we are of Tesla's success. Crazy to think Tesla almost didn't make it in 2017-18. Now the world is changing and so are our lives. Thank you, Tesla and Elon. You inspire us all. That was really nice of Galley. I really appreciate his sentiment and I agree. Holmar said, sadly, Elon is now viewed by many as the boy who cried autonomy. And until Wall Street sees it with their own eyes, they'll never believe it. Elon says they're being driven around in limousines, so they can't grok it. And grok means uh, understand something intuitively. Sawyer Merritt says, I watched this video for the first time the other day. It's the 2009 Model S prototype unveiling. Really is incredible how far Tesla has come since those days. Since this unveil, Tesla's built and delivered about 2.5 million EVs. Elon said it has been a very long road. Austin said, we get so used to seeing huge numbers in startups that I don't think we fully realize how absolutely ridiculous it is to build a billion dollar company from zero in a few years. Elon says, there are many faux unicorns. And a unicorn is a billion dollar company. Then Elon tweeted out, the universe is a hydrogen sonata. Oh, so it, Elon likes hydrogen now? Uh, no, the universe is mostly hydrogen. Ah. Elon said, this is one of the best openings in a book. Pranay said, the most powerful rocket in the history of human existence. Elon says, we need serious tonnage to Mars. Look how cool that is. That is pretty cool. Andre Kaparthi says, what does it look like when the cost of intelligence per watt plummets? Elon says, the ratio of machine to human compute skyrockets. And I just want to look at this tweet from Steve Jurvetson. He used to be on the board of Tesla. He says, Dojo on top, analog compute affords another 100x in tops per watt. And so, yeah, uh, basically, uh, Dojo's at the top of that list. Hmm. And Elon just wanted to let us know what he's been watching. He just rewatched True Romance. Wow, it's a, that's a real tweet, <laughs> I guess. I uh, tweeted out this meme. All right, so we don't have a result from a poll this week because we have something we want you to answer a poll on. What is, what is the question we have? And the question was, uh, do you like the placement of the new plug on the Cybertruck? The new charger port? Yeah. Yeah, it used to be in the back uh, stainless steel portion. Now it's in the plastic fender. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Uh, tell us what you feel. I'm not going to give you any of my thoughts yet. Um, and if you want to join that poll, you can head over to patreon.com slash now, you know, sign up for just $2 a month. You'll get access to the Patreon bonus stories and you'll also get access to the polls. All right. It's time for community mail time. Community mail time. Remember that you can send in your thoughts and pictures to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Mary said, saw my first Tesla taxi in New York City on Madison Avenue. Passenger getting into the cab to the driver said, how do you use the door handle? <laughs> Richard shared this blue Model 3 spotted in Claremont, Florida. Jason sent us these pictures of a Lucid mobile service van he spotted in Cincinnati. So I don't think it's getting service. I think it's being dropped off from Mercedes. Elaine shared this TikTok video of a Tesla convertible. And no, I don't think Tesla's making them. I think this is a third-party uh, custom job. Now, Jacob shared this. It's the dealer markup tracker page. He says anyone can submit a dealership that they've worked with, good or bad. This way, people can avoid dealerships that give big markups and look for ones that don't. And we're talking about if you're going to buy like a Ford Mach-E, uh, the dealer can mark it up. So use this map to help you find the best dealers. Kevin in Wisconsin wrote to tell us about Wisconsin's Senate Bill 462, which was introduced to the Wisconsin Senate by Senator Bernier last July. But then in December, Senator Bernier withdrew as the co-author. This bill looks to change the existing law in Wisconsin that keeps Tesla from selling and servicing cars there. Now, was it the auto dealers in Wisconsin and they were doing a little lobbying and they scared the senator off? 
I don't know. The good news, according to Mike, the president of the Tesla Owners Club in Wisconsin, is that Tesla is taking the assembly transportation chair out for a test drive this week. But we need you, Wisconsinites, to make some noise. Call, email, and message your representatives and senators. Use this website to find out who your legislators are and let them know how you feel. Be respectful and polite, but do it. Do it. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. And before we go to that, I wanted to show you, well, this is supposed to be the beautiful Supercharger section. It's not beautiful yet, but check this out. December 12th, 2021, work started for some new Superchargers in Santa Monica. With some grading first and then some concrete, soon some Tesla equipment appeared. After some heavy rain in January, 25 superchargers flourished. Later, they bathed in the California sun. This first phase will be finished in about three weeks. Thank you, Zach and Jesse. And now you know. Thank you so much, Bruno. Yeah. Good to get a little behind the scenes action. And, oh, I have one more. Uh -huh. This is also beautiful. Check this out. Isn't that beautiful? What is that? Is that a is that like a 72 kilowatt charger? No, it's a little bit more than that, actually. Uh, what is it? Well, it's not actually a supercharger. It's a mega charger. This what? is at PepsiCo's Frito-Lay facility in Modesto, California. Uh, by the way, don't try and plug your regular Tesla into this. This is a mega charger. Um, that's for the semi-trucks. So that's what the mega charger is going to look like. I guess so. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. So let's see what we've got for supercharger reviews. The supercharger at San Francisco City Center may be one of the most unique superchargers in the world. The site was originally home to a Sears department store, which had a rooftop restaurant. Now, City Center hosts a 34-stall Tesla supercharger. The location is at the intersection of Geary Boulevard and Masonic Avenue. There are six 7-kilowatt destination chargers, which can be used if you are shopping and planning to stay a while. There are 18 urban superchargers for those wanting to supercharge at 72 kilowatts. And there are 16 250 kilowatt superchargers, which you can use if you're passing through San Francisco and you want to charge quickly. If you're looking for something to eat, after coming down the stairs, look for the breezeway, which will take you to Subway and Chipotle. I'll rate this supercharger an 8 out of 10. It's open from 6 a.m. to 12.30 midnight. After 12.30, it would be pretty sketchy up here on the top of San Francisco city center. Also, it can be quite windy. So hold on to your hat, as I said, and enjoy supercharging in the center of San Francisco. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Tom in Medway, Maine, off of I-95. It is six stall, 150 kilowatt supercharger. It's next to a uh, Irving gas station with uh, a small convenience store. Not much else. It's near Baxter State Park. I'd rate this a uh, seven out of 10. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. It's Phil here in Uppsala, Ontario, Canada. Uh, we are really in the middle of nowhere here, so there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, I've got the uh, six stalls behind me, they're V3. Um, it's very picturesque around here, a little bit scary, I gotta say. Um, really, the only thing that's around here is 
this building here, which I believe has restrooms and some snacks. Might be a little bit of a restaurant in there, um, but really that's, that's all there is. Yeah. So I would rate this station, supercharger station, a probably a two out of 10. Uh, bonus points because it's on the Trans-Canada and it's uh, an essential location. We'll give it a three. Three out of 10. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, it's Pete and Tom uh, on our cross journey trip again. We're at stop number three at um, Strongville. Is it yeah, Strong Strongsville, Ohio? Strongsville, Ohio. We're outside of what, Cleveland, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're outside of Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> I'd love to go and stop by Cleveland if we can. I don't think we have time though. But uh, while we're here, we're going to stop by the, uh, the, the eight stall uh, station. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty well appointed. And uh, let me see, as, as with the last station, it's got a sheets behind it so that's a, a good place to get uh, loaded up on provisions it's got uh, an old Charles which is a bar restaurant over here there's also a McDonald's nearby and Arby's nearby all kinds of stuff um, so anyway we're gonna get charged up in another 10 minutes and be back on the road again nice talking to you uh, oh hey Tom what uh, what rating do you give this it's got a lot of stuff I know but like nothing like exceptional nothing exceptional you know you're not that impressed I mean I mean Last place had like a, had like a more like oh, different feel though. This place I'd say five out of ten. This you'd say five out of ten? Really? Wow. Okay, that's tough. A five out of ten from Tommy. I give it about a seven just because it's got so much stuff in. But five out of ten. We'll go on his scores from now on. Anyway, uh, now you know. Thanks very much. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for doing supercharger reviews. I love seeing all these different places around the world. Uh, a lot of them I haven't been to. And if you want to check them out, you can head over to our website, nowyouknowchannel.com, and you can check out our Supercharger Review map page. And that's how you upload them, too, so head on over there. All right, we got new superchargers in the world. Uh, let's just get right into it. Number four in Singapore is the three-stall at the Star Vista in Singapore. Number 111 in Germany is the 12-stall in Hamburg at Hotel Leonardo Stillhorn. Number 88 in the UK is the 16-stall, 150-kilowatt in Thurrock at Lakeside Shopping Center in the UK. Number 11 in West Virginia is the 8-stall in Princeton, West Virginia. The 16-stall in Glendale at Harvey Drive in California. Number 100 in France, the 28-stall in Nancy at Enchalazou in France. Number 87 in Norway is the 20-stall in Lillehammer Strandtorget, Norway. Number 32 in Massachusetts, the 8-stall in Seekonk, Massachusetts. We have a Seekonk? We do. I... There's 351 towns in Massachusetts. Don't you know them all by heart? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I've never heard of that one. The 6-stall in Tainan in Yongkang in Taiwan. The 3-stall in Taichung at Qing Shui Service Area in Taiwan. The 3-stall in Hinshu at the Hoku Service Area Northbound, Taiwan. And number 44 in Taiwan, the 3-stall in Hinshu at the Hoku Service Area Southbound, Taiwan. Number 8 in Iceland is the 3-stall in Holzfoller, Iceland. And number 263 in California, number 1265 in the USA, number 3250 in the world is the 28-stall version 3 in San Bruno, El Camino Real, California. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is pretty cool. All right, it's time for a Patreon giveaway. And uh, if you want to get into this big barrel of fun, join us over on Patreon for as little as a buck a month. Uh, the more you support us, the more chances you have to win. Jesse's going to pull your name out, and you're going to get a $30 gift card to EcoWare, where you can get the uh, Valentine's thing we're talking about. Okay. And the winner is 
Lex. Lex, congratulations. You're going to get the $30 gift card to EcoWare. Everything on EcoWare is carbon offset, and then we plant trees, and then we cap wells. So it's completely carbon negative no matter what you get. So it's really good to think about. You can get cool teas and designs. You can get everything from dog stuff and pet stuff to... to Just the light show. Everything is there. Maybe even something for Valentine's Day. Yeah, Jesse uh, put a lot of time and effort into this. You might want to check it out. So yeah, channel. yeah, I would go to the Clips channel first because that explains it. Um, because you might not know how to find it if you go directly to EcoWare. So yeah, I'd go Clips channel first. That'll only take you a couple minutes and then you can go to EcoWare. But look, Valentine's Day is only like, what, look, two weeks away? I spent. Just, just send them out of the room, okay? Send your significant other out of the room. Ask them to get you something. Turn down the volume. I'll talk quiet. Honey, could you get me something? <laughs> Give it away. <laughs> I spent a lot of time and energy on making this beautiful light show. And it's going to be the perfect excuse for you to go in your car, get the little present that you also get on EcoWare or anywhere else, and give it to them. It is a good thing. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us on Tesla Time News. Yeah. Um, we'll see you next week. Now you know. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.